Hi friends, I'm Olivia. And I'm Katie. And we are Podcast by Proxy. Welcome. live sometimes when i do the like record i feel like sunday 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 like the monster <laughs> truck guy record. record sometimes it just comes out really aggressive yeah i feel like i'm over enunciating it too so i'm like record it's an important moment it's fine to over enunciate. it is it's a big moment in our day welcome back everyone to this podcast this thing we do. Yeah, this thing we do every week. Uh, today's going to be a bit different. I'm going to cover two missing person cases from our home province of British Columbia. These are very recent, active, ongoing investigations. So that's why I say it's going to be a bit different just because we don't have as much information. And there's certain things, you know, that we want to be careful about when we talk about these types of cases. Um, but I am Definitely. just gonna I am just gonna lay out the facts. I think it's important to keep these in like the forefront of everyone's minds. Keep talking about them. I agree. Um, any housekeeping before we get started? I don't think so. If you are a podcaster, we're canvassing again for shows to promo swap with. So if you hear promos in the middle of our episodes it's all podcasts that we have collaborated with to swap promos so send us an email podcastbyproxy at gmail.com we are looking for more shows to add to our kind of like regular roster um to swap with and i think that's it though i don't have much yeah, else for to anyone say. who no me neither um anyone who wants to support the show more we do have a Patreon now. You can follow the link in our link tree in our Instagram profile, or you can just look us up directly on Patreon. So you can check those out and see our tiers there as well for our bonus content. Yes, and thanks to everyone who supports the show. We love you. Now, okay, so today we're talking about the cases of Naomi Onatera and Shannon Doe White. If you're local, you've probably heard of both of these. If you're not local, you may not have. Yeah. Should I just start? Yeah, I thought you were. <laughs> I was just writing down their names because I was going to take notes because you're doing two cases. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're doing two today. So I am going to start with um, Shannon Doe White. There's no particular reason why I'm starting there. I just started there. This is the most recent of the two. However, they're both super recent. Shannon went missing in November, literally at the beginning of this month. We're recording this at the end of November. It won't go up for oh. about a week and a half, two weeks. But yeah, Shannon literally went missing at the beginning of this month. I have posted on our Instagram about her case. And then after that, I'm going to talk about um, missing Naomi on a Terra, which if you follow us on TikTok, you will have seen I did... A two-part video series on her case, I don't know, like a month or two ago. She went missing at the end of August, um, but very much still missing, very much still an active, ongoing investigation. So we'll start with Shannon. Shannon Doe White is a 32-year-old woman from Kamloops, British Columbia. She has been missing since November 1st this year, so a month ago. A little bit about Shannon. Jesus. Just 
Prior to her coming to BC, she is originally from Ontario, Canada. Um, I learned about this from social media. So with Shannon's case, a lot of it is just news articles. And then she was really active on Instagram. Like one of those people who really loved to share her thoughts and feelings through her captions and loved writing. So kind of like a Shanann Watts situation where... Um, you could kind of track her day-to-day life because she was very active and consistent. Not quite as active as Shanam Watts, but similar okay. just in terms of you can definitely tell like different things that she would have been going through in her life just based on her captions. And she was very open and like raw about her emotions and her experiences. So open book. Yeah, like just a little bit easier to gather information about her life than somebody like me who posts like just single captions or uses like song lyrics. Like nobody knows what's going on. I post like once every six months. Or Katie who posts once a year. But uh, yeah, so she was quite active on there and I, I did spend quite a bit of time. I originally was just going to look for one thing and then because her posts are so... She writes with emotion and they're just very real. I just kind of got sucked into reading them all. So I learned a lot. But I did learn from Instagram that she traveled in a camper van over 14,000 kilometers um, to Georgia, Florida, Louisiana, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada and then came to BC all over a five-month period. Whoa. Shannon was actually she was previously married and I think a lot of this trip was with her ex-husband but I I, like can't confirm that for sure but I just that's kind of what I gathered is that they like they split after after this trip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> even she was just going on regular trips in a camper with her ex. So I was like, why'd you get divorced if you can handle being in a camper together? No, so it, it looks like they owned a home together in Ontario. They sold it in like 2017 and decided to downsize and live like the RV lifestyle. And then I believe they went on this trip and then it looks like they split in May of 2018. And then... Okay, so a few years at least before this. Yeah, they Fair. they split in around May or June of 2018, and then by October of 2018, it looked like she had met a new guy that she started dating, and they were official on Instagram around the October of that <laughs> year mark. Um, Ooh, it looked at the time... Instagram official. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Instagram a fish. Um, and it looked at the time she was pretty happy with this new guy, and she had decided to stay living in Kamloops. Cute. Yeah, and so even after splitting with her ex-husband, Shannon seemed to be loving living that, like, outdoorsy RV Jeep lifestyle. I learned also from her social media that her and this new boyfriend met because they both lived the RV lifestyle, so he was living in an RV as well. They understand the small space life with each other. Yes, right, and um, she did have a Jeep already at this time, and... Looked like she was a part of, like, the 4 by 4 off-roading community. Cool. Yeah. I also learned from her social media that Shannon's mother died when she was 14 and that she's really close with her dad. And by all accounts, she seemed incredibly well-rounded, loving person, tons of friends, not afraid to be herself on the internet. You know, she was the type of person that made sure people weren't alone in their struggles. Yeah. So... It shows based on the okay. massive army of people that she has fighting to bring her home. Just like one of those people, you know, that you can just well, tell I was gonna she's... going to say, if you said her writing was so emotional, I can only imagine what she was like in person. 
Yeah, totally. Shannon is believed... Now, I guess I should explain. At a certain point, her and her boyfriend did split. And I'm going to get into it a little bit later. But before you get confused as to why she was living in a basement suite home and not an RV, they did break up at a certain point around a year ago. And so she moved into a basement suite. Okay. So she got her own place. Yes. And he kept the camper life. The RV, yeah. So Shannon's believed to have left her basement suite home, which was in the lower Sahali area of Kamloops, BC, at around 8 a.m. on Monday morning, November 1st, 2021. She was renting this basement suite from a couple named Matt and Quinn, and it's on Bestwick Court. The couple has... You know that Quinn's one of my favorite names. Is it? I love, yeah. like, how gender neutral it is, for, for sure. Yeah, I love it. It is a nice name. I went to a school, like high school, with a lot of people named Quinn, though, and that can come... Like, really? Yeah, it can kind of sometimes ruin a name, so I don't know that oh, I'd 100%. personally ever use it, just because, yeah, I'm, I've known a few people named Quinn. Okay, so Matt and Quinn. The couple have said that her behavior and movements on the morning of Monday, November 1st were exactly the same as any other day. She always left the house between 8 and 8, 10 a.m. Around then, she was scheduled to be at work at the Hyundai dealership uh, on Notre Dame Drive in Southgate, Kamloops at 8.30 a.m. The couple is confident that they saw and heard Shannon drive her black Jeep TJ away from the house toward the same direction that she always took to work. Quinn was sitting in the driveway waiting for her car windows to defrost and saw Shannon dressed for work, walk past her vehicle towards her Jeep, but does admit that she didn't see her physically like open the door and get in it. She just saw her like walking towards it, which fair. She well, her windows are all foggy and she's probably not too concerned. It's a very routine thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. I'm also not stalking the people that I live with while they get in their vehicles. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just me. I mean, sometimes I could, like, I see my landlords get in their car or whatever, but I'm not, like, looking for it. Um, she also says Fair. that she didn't see anyone with Shannon. Quinn said that when, okay. when, yeah. when she drove away, so Quinn left first. When she drove away, she physically saw Shannon standing outside waiting for her Jeep to warm up. And that would have been right at, like, 8, 10 a.m. Oh, she's standing outside her vehicle waiting for it to warm up. That seems weird. Unsure, but it was noted that she was standing outside. So Matt, who was in the house, says he heard the Jeep pulling away and saw it being driven away, but again also says he, like, didn't see her physically enter the vehicle or drive it. I guess this is just ensuring that we're making it clear nobody actually saw it. It's just assumed. Yeah, so they're just saying that by happenstance, she could have been, like, kidnapped right outside the house. But, like, they didn't see anybody. It seemed very yeah. normal. He said, like, if he was confident that it was her. It was the exact same routine that she does every single day. Nothing seemed off. He's like... Yeah, like, she wasn't speeding. She didn't go in a different direction. No. Nothing seemed erratic about it. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm picking up what you're putting down, girl. Yeah. So the drive from her house to the Kamloops Hyundai is around two kilometers. It's not far. Shannon also had contact with a friend of hers named Michaela on that morning. 
At around 8.04 a.m., she communicated with Michaela on Facebook Messenger and made plans with her to do some work on her Jeep later that night. Michaela also had a Jeep and was in the same, like, Jeep club that Shannon was in. So they Cute. were really good friends. Um, they'd been fr- they've been friends for about two years, and they were messaging about working on their Jeeps that night. Shannon's messages with Michaela confirmed that she would be attending these plans. Two things. Yes. I love that we have a timestamp of this. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Second thing, can we find a hobby like this? <laughs> right. <laughs> I have yeah. I have lots of friends with Jeeps that are like outdoorsy and stuff. And I love doing all that. I like, see you, Rachel. Right. Yeah. But like, and I love doing that, all that by association. <laughs> but that's definitely like not my. No, not that. I just mean, can we find a hobby and be like, hey, do you want to get together and work on our podcast? Well, yeah, yeah, that, work, that works too. Like, what do you think we're doing right now? True. Yeah. This isn't a club, though. It is now. Podcast by Proxy Club. Everyone's welcome. Yeah. I totally get what you mean, though, to be a part of like a community like, part like of, that. Like a community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like when I was in my early twenties, I was really into cars, and I would go to like the car club meetings yeah. and hang out, and it was really fun to have like a big group of people that were all into the same thing and hung out and did stuff. I do get what you mean. Yeah, it's just like somewhere where you have like-minded people with a common interest, but no one knows all your personal business, and you can just kind of like chit chat and relax and do something fun. Cannot wait for yeah. CrimeCon because that is exactly what that's going to be. <laughs> yes. Okay. I know. I am losing it for CrimeCon. Cannot wait. See you soon, Bloodbath and everyone else. Whoop, whoop. So after leaving her house in the morning, Shannon never arrived for her 8.30 a.m. shift at work. Okay. Super out of character for her. And also, like, super short drive. And we've confirmed that she yeah, like, left kilometers. the house. Yeah, I did. Like I said, I did do a bit of digging um, and found out on Instagram that Shannon had previously worked for this Hyundai dealership. And then she switched over to the Chevy dealership, which is just across the parking lot. And in December of 2020, she returned back to the accounting department at the Hyundai dealership, which she seemed really excited about. Okay. Shannon's friends and boss immediately suspected something was wrong when she didn't show up for work. They said they tried calling her, but her phone was off and her text messages wouldn't go through, like phone calls going straight to voicemail. Super weird for that soon, too. Red flag alert, yeah. Correct, yeah. Like your phone's just off and your texts aren't going through and you just were messaging somebody 20 minutes before. Like super weird. Hell no. Yeah. It's not actually listed who reported her missing to police, but it is noted that she was reported missing pretty quick after failing to arrive to her shift at work, so I'm assuming her boss or one of her friends. By 11.30 a.m. on November 1st, which is three hours after she was supposed to be at work, Shannon's landlords began getting worried messages from her friends. Her landlord, Matt, says that he last actually saw and spoke to Shannon the night before she went missing, which would have been Halloween Sunday. He had gone downstairs at around like 8 p.m. to give her the leftover Halloween candy. He said everything seemed nice and fine. They said hi to each other. There was no indication that anyone else was there. Uh, But again, like he couldn't say that for sure. He just didn't see anyone, didn't hear anyone. And the general vibe was that she was alone. He didn't go in and like search all the rooms and the closets. Yeah. Yeah. 
but like okay i i get what you mean the general this case is just the way you're talking about it i'm shocked at the amount of like but he didn't see her just to be clear right but there was no one there but he didn't see her just to be clear so i'm curious where this is going i think it's just because there's so many unknowns they want the details to be like very specific yeah Mm -hmm. the next definitely a lot of speculation yeah oh there's gonna be more The next day on November 2nd, Shannon's vehicle was located parked in the 200th block of Nicholas Street near 3rd Avenue in downtown Kamloops, which is right outside what's called the Sacred Heart Cathedral, and the the Jeep was found at about 3.30 p.m. This was a really weird place for her car to be parked. Um, It's 1.3 kilometers from her home, and it's in the complete opposite direction of her work. So I mapped it, like I mapped both in maps from her house. Yeah. To, and it's completely in the wrong way. Uh, her friend Michaela. Weird. okay. Yeah, her friend Michaela, who we talked about previously, said she didn't know of anyone that Shannon would have been visiting in that area. And uh, just for info's sake, the location. If your good mutual friend doesn't know that you also have a friend that lives in that area, that's pretty safe to say, though. Yeah, for sure. The location of the vehicle was also close to the Royal Inland Hospital, which is not really important for any reason other than information. I will provide a map when I post the episode on Instagram to show kind of like how out of the way the vehicle location is from her home and from the Kamloops Hyundai dealership. Mm -hmm. Okay. Shannon was, of course, not with the vehicle when it was found. Clearly. I assume so. At the same time her Jeep was found, the police issued a media release requesting public assistance in locating Shannon. Shannon is described as 32 years old, 5'5", 180 pounds. She has blonde hair, green eyes, and fair skin. She also has a Medusa piercing as well as several large arm tattoos. She actually has a portrait, like a Polaroid portrait style tattoo, which I love Polaroid portraits. I think they're gorgeous. Yes. um, Of her mom. And she also has one of her dog, Buddy, which is like her absolute best friend. Yeah. Be still my heart. Yeah. And so that's another reason why Shannon disappearing was so like suspicious and out of character because her dog, Buddy was left at home like she went to work so she left him at home um Mm -hmm. like she always does for the day but her landlord said that like even if she was gonna be an hour late she always told them and they would like go let buddy out or if she was gonna be for away she cared too much about the dog yeah like it just didn't make any sense that she left buddy and didn't tell anyone because like even if she didn't have her landlords let him out. She always had a friend come over. They always knew if she wasn't going to be there. Um, according to Instagram, she had had Buddy for about 11 years. So I cannot imagine how Aww. lost he must feel without his human. Yeah, like just that doesn't make Aww. sense. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. If, if a girl goes missing and leaves her dog at home, something is wrong. Yeah, I'm just thinking of what I would do in that circumstance. Or, and I do think that would be the one big indicator. Like, people would be like, oh, Katie would never leave Frankie. Correct. Like, if you were going to leave yes. leave and not tell anybody, Frankie would come with you. 100% I'd be smuggling that dog out of the country with me. Yeah, so... 
the fact that Buddy was just at home by himself and nobody was told, nobody was told that she was going to be late or to let him out was just, that ain't it. Shannon's Jeep is described as a black 1997 TJ model with BC license plate KA022N. It has a turquoise palm print decal on the driver's side mirror, a turquoise wanderlust decal on the passenger side of the hood with like a circular pattern between the words. And the police began asking for people to look at their residential, commercial, or dash cam video surveillance in the Lower Sahali, Notre Dame, or downtown areas, as they obviously knew that she had, like, definitely been to or was supposed to be at these locations. Yeah. Through this request for for public assistance, police first received information confirming her vehicle left town for a 45-minute period on November 1st, shortly after she was supposed to arrive at work. So after she was supposed to be at work, they got some sort of surveillance footage of her police, her vehicle, sorry, leaving town um, for 45 minutes. Do we know if it was speeding or doing anything odd or just it was spotted leaving town and coming back? It was just spotted traveling west on Trans-Canada Highway and it was out of town for 45 minutes, which led officers to focus an undisclosed search area in that direction. Okay, yeah, in my head I was trying to think of where that would be, but if it's undisclosed, whatever, who cares? They won't, they will only give general direction. They won't post or disclose, Hmm. like, the actual areas that they're searching. Uh, We'll get into that a little bit more because they do search another area, but, yeah, they they won't give specifics. Okay. The RCMP Serious Crimes Unit got involved with the investigation pretty early on by November 4th, with police labeling her dis- disappearance as suspicious, as they should. It's incredibly suspicious. <laughs> yes. Kamloops Search and Rescue joined the RCMP in searching for Shannon a- around November 10th. The police also focused their search efforts to an RV travel trailer in Silver Sage Trailer Park on the Tekemloops to Sequepam Reserve. The RV... The RV being searched actually belongs to Shannon's ex-boyfriend, and based on her social media accounts, like, I kind of compared the photos that she had posted from when she lived there to the photos coming out in the news. And it seems that that is the same trailer and guy that she was living with prior to their breakup. Like, that's where she was living. It looks okay. like it looks like the same trailer is all I'm really trying to get at. Fair. Okay, I was going to say there's probably a lot of similar ones, but also at the time, no. Okay, that's fair. The air, like, the the photos just look the same. She had posted, like, kind of a photo walking out to her vehicle one day, and then also you can see that there's, Mm -hmm. like, an area with a built-in hot tub, and they had a hot tub. So it just looks like the same trailer. Uh, Yeah. I just did some, like... Those are pretty specific. Photo (laughs) comparisons, because, again, she posted quite a bit, so... It was kind of easy. Why not? (laughs) It looked like the exact same, like, trailer in the same area. Okay. So this would have been the same guy that she started dating after she split with her husband and that she would have broken up with about a year ago. She had posted on Instagram in February of this year that after four years of RV living, she and her dog Buddy were moving into their own place together. And this, I imagine, is the basement suite that she was living with at the time she disappeared. Yeah. Based on... Yeah. Um, So like I kind of said earlier, based on her social media, it seems that she met this boyfriend because they were both full-time RVers and they bonded over this. 
A post okay. in August of 2020 confirmed that the couple had been together for two years, but Instagram posts indicating stuff in her life might be starting to go wrong started to pop up in January of 2021. And on February 3rd of 2021, Shannon confirms in a post on Instagram that she was a single woman. The post basically alludes to the fact that she's a single woman and she can do and post whatever she wants. Um, a quote from the caption, if you continue to feel the need to share these things with someone who is no longer privileged to see them and badmouth me behind my back, please see yourself out. Okay. I mean, you can be all those things. It just seems to you me don't like... have to shout it from the rooftop. <laughs> no, no, no. It seems to me like somebody in her life might be starting to get, like, jealous or unhappy with her posts on social media. Like, I really don't care what people post. Do, do your thing. But it's, it's, like, that to me just seems yeah. like maybe there's somebody who is expressing displeasure with Using her yeah. being a strong, confident, independent woman online. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what I get from that. Yeah. Okay. You know, I could see that side of it, too. Yeah, like, she had been posting a lot about female empowerment, being an independent woman, etc., which, like, I love it, get it, but, like, obviously somebody was not happy with that. So in May or June of this year, Shannon starts to make posts on Instagram with captions that her relationship with her ex-boyfriend was potentially toxic. For example, May, May 31st, the caption says, keep calling me desperate, keep calling me pathetic, keep telling me how unlovable I am if that's what's going to make you feel better about yourself. Yeah. So there's like obviously shit going on behind closed doors. That's yeah, these are very like 13-year-old to 15 year old girl emo statements under photos yeah i don't know i th i think it's just like she's like taking song lyrics well like i think she's just asserting her independence and i feel like somebody's like giving her shit or whatever behind you know over text and she's just expressing publicly that she's not here for it Maybe. Anyway, again, I'm not here to judge what people are posting. <laughs> this is just the information that I'm gathering. I understand completely. Yeah. <laughs> the June 15th, she made a post which didn't specifically indicate a toxic relationship, but it seems like maybe there was a post that was deleted because the caption alludes to something like a little update on how I'm doing now that the truth is out. And one of her friends commented on it and said, um, appreciate the positive outlook your act reflects. As women, we have all experienced that one or several toxic relationships. Glad you're overcoming this and encourage some of us to keep moving forward. So that kind of confirms okay. to me. And her friend Michaela confirmed to local news outlet Kamloops this week that Shannon and her ex had issues and had been broken up for about a year, which does match social media. But Michaela also said it was a very tumultuous relationship and it was not a very friendly breakup. As far as anything else, the police Gosh. have been notified as to any specific incidents. Um, Michaela also said that Shannon and her ex had intermittent contact in the year since they broke up, but Shannon had not shared with her any recent encounters or communications between them. Now, I, all of this is public information, like her social media account is public. The only reason I really share any of this is because I do think that it could be relevant like we have no information mm -hmm. it's all speculative at this point facts are facts and it's pretty clear to me that even after they broke up she was receiving some form of toxic abusive behavior from her ex 
Oh, for sure. A neighbor at Silver Sage Trailer Park said that uh, there was heavy police presence at the property from November 10th to 16th, 2021. The neighbor confirmed that three vehicles were towed away from the property, but was unaware if any arrests had been made. RCMP spoke three. Three vehicles, yeah. A lot. Yeah. I know for a fact he had a Jeep because they Jeeped together, but I don't know what the other ones would have been. Okay. RCMP spokesperson Crystal Evelyn told Kamloops this week that no one had been charged in connection with Shannon's disappearance, but did not answer when asked if a vehicle had been seized as part of the investigation. She mm-hmm. did con- sneaky, sneaky. Mm-hmm. She did confirm, though, that the scene had been released and that no names would be released unless an official arrest was made. Which I is- mean, I'm fine with most police departments doing that. I don't like when they give out a name too early. That's more irritating to me. So I was going to say that's that. pretty standard police protocol. <laughs> yeah, it's just it is what it is. Yeah, it's to protect their Makes investigation. Sense. Yep. So we'll talk about the Kamloops Jeep Club a little bit. Shannon was an avid member of the local Jeep Club and the Jeep lifestyle in general, which we did talk about. But um, she got her Jeep TJ, which she called Wanderlust TJ, in December of 2019. And it seemed like she was already like a part of that kind of lifestyle. But she fell in love with off-roading in the Jeep community when she got this TJ. She was a member of the the Kamloops Jeep Club. Her social media is filled with uh, 4x4ing and off-roading posts, like, filled with, like, videos of her 4x4ing through crazy big mud puddles and pretty cool. Cool. She had recently been represented by 4WDABC, which is the Four-Wheel Drive Association of British Columbia. Um, she seemed like kind of a badass, not going to lie. Yeah. The Kamloops Jeep Club that she is a part of organized a Jeep rally for Shannon on November 12, 2021 that left the Petrocan gas station in Pineview Valley at 6 p.m. and convoyed around the different neighborhoods of Kamloops. Um, All the Jeeps were plastered with photos of her along with an appeal for people to call police if they have any information. The goal of the convoy was to raise awareness about Shannon's disappearance and hopefully generate more information about her whereabouts. And they also hope to raise money to help her pay for advertisements. Um, Sorry, not to help her pay for advertisements, but to pay for advertisements for her. Um, They also were hoping to help Shannon's father pay to travel from Ontario to Kamloops and to pay her rent in the interim. Because at this point, she's still a missing person. Yeah, she can't work. She can't do anything. She's not around. We don't know anything. She's a missing person. So they're, you know, trying to pay her rent and keep her place until we know a little bit more. Fair. A GoFundMe page was created called Help Bring Shannon White Home. Um, I will link it in the episode show notes. So far, the funds raised from the GoFundMe allowed her friends and family to purchase digital billboard space on both of the billboards in the Kamloops area, one on Halston and one on Mount Paul Way. Kamloops This Week Digital Media also donated ad space on KamloopsThisWeek.com to keep Shannon's case in the forefront of people's minds. So they just really want to keep people Aww. informed. Yeah. No, nice. it's really amazing they donated that. Yeah. Super nice. A lot of uh, mm-hmm. a lot of organizations and stuff have actually stepped up and helped in this case, which we'll see a little bit more of in a minute. Hi, friends. If you like what you hear and you want to get even more content from us, we're officially live on Patreon. 
Patreon is a subscription service where you can get early access to our regular episodes, get bonus episodes, live Q&A sessions, and more. Visit the link in this episode description to learn more and sign up. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Podcast by Proxy. Katie and I are so appreciative of every single one of you for being here with us. If you want to support us even more, don't forget to hit the follow button wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Growing the show means we will be able to invest more time into bringing you more stories like the one you're hearing today. Hey everyone, I'm Shelby Nanke, host of Addicted to Crime podcast. Join me for true crime cases that will leave you wide awake scratching your head at night. I have a passion for victims and love getting lesser known cases the attention that they deserve. Addicted to Crime podcast is available anywhere you get your podcast, and feel free to check out our website, addictedtocrime.org. I hope I find myself in your ear holes soon. Until next time, stay safe. On November 15th, 2021, the RCMP released an update that they were exploring Highway 5, which is northbound from the city. Another tip that was sent in showed Shannon's vehicle traveling north on Yellowhead Highway, which is Highway 5, past Rayleigh, um, passing by Rayleigh again 45 minutes later at around 5.30 p.m. So this would have been the night that she went missing, the evening. So we have video footage Isn't of... she off quite a bit earlier than that, though? Yeah, and she never even went to work. Oh, yeah, that's true. She didn't yeah. actually, right? Okay. Like, we have video surveillance of her vehicle leaving and going west in the morning, and then we have nothing until mm-hmm. 5.30 p.m., and it goes north for about 45 minutes. Okay. Yeah, okay. This focused search efforts, of course, on the area north of Kamloops, as well as still they were looking west where the, the Jeep had been seen in the morning. RCMP Corporal Dave Marshall said in a media release, uh, quote, We are updating the public with this information as these search areas are large and winter is fast approaching. The more people out looking for Shannon in these areas, the better. Uh, Because, of course, at this point, it's starting to snow. And we know what snow does to evidence if that ends up being what we're looking for. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It's a rough time. Okay, carry on. Yeah, I just, I had an opinion about that last thing, and then I just kind of forgot it, and then I was just thinking about everything, and it's just a lot, so, yeah. It is a lot, yeah. So, anybody who lives in or is familiar with rural areas north of Kamloops are asked to look out for anything related to the investigation, including game cam footage that might have captured any helpful video. Uh, Remember that it was GoPro footage found while editing a YouTube video that ended up uh, locating Gabby Petito's remains. So absolutely nothing is off the table in terms of useful information. Mm Mm-hmm. 100% true. On Sunday, November 21st, a search for Shannon was organized by friends and family. More than 60 people showed up to help look for her. A special thank you on her GoFundMe page was given to... Kamloops Harley-Davidson for allowing the use of their parking lot, Outlaw Motorsports for donating lunch, Lowboy Market for donating snacks, and many other citizens and members of the community for donating coffee cups, napkins, stir sticks, waters. It was noted that somebody made and brought cupcakes. Yeah, this community really came together to help look for her. And I do know that the people involved with the search were given specific areas 
by the RCMP that were considered to be like high probability locations of finding Shannon. So they're still not like posting it publicly, but anybody that was involved in those searches was given a specific area to look so that they weren't just like going in completely blind. They have an ability to yeah. tag places that are considered high probability locations of a body being found. So it makes the most sense to give that lo- information just makes to me nervous. searchers. When they have that big of search groups, though, that someone's going to accidentally right. d- damage something or do something wrong. or We've even seen, because we know that sometimes the person involved in these acts inserts themselves in investigations. And so there's always the risk, too, that that They're person a is bit of information. involved in the yeah. search and getting information and, you know, has potentially the ability to sway or, it one way or another and things like that. So Or go in when the search party's not there and move something. That, too. Know where they're searching and kind of, like, yeah. cover their own tracks. There's a yeah. lot of risks with public searches. Yeah. Like they said, we are going into snow season and the more people, the better, I think, when you're, when you're just desperately looking for someone yeah on the same day that the search occurred alan hobbler who is the search manager for kamloops search and rescue announced that they were suspending their search due to snow uh so like ksnr (laughs) and and the rcmp were suspending their official search they also said that both forested areas north and west of kamloops were searched incredibly hard and that basically at this point uh there was a higher chance of searchers getting hurt than there was of finding Shannon. Like, they were like, we have scoured and searched so unprecedentedly. I don't know that that's a word, but it had just been so intense that they were like, the probability of our searchers getting hurt because they're tired and just overwhelmed is higher. They make mistakes. Yeah, is higher than than us actually finding anything useful. So basically... For sure. I agree. Yeah, basically everyone's tired and needs to regroup. Uh, KSAR says that they will deploy again for search efforts when the RCMP calls them to do so. The most recent search was focused on the Heffley Creek area, according to Kamloops RCMP. So that's actually all that I have for Shannon's case at the moment. If you are listening to this and anything at all rings a bell, feels familiar, if you live in this area and are like, oh, yeah, I have a ring cam that's really close to there, please check your footage. Please think where you were at those times. Give the Kamloops RCMP a call, 1-250-828-3000. You can reference file number 2021-38386. If you live near there, you were visiting any of those areas that we talked about, um, we do implore you to please take a look in the background to see if anything relevant to Shannon's case is there. Let's help bring Shannon back home to her friends and family. Yeah, no matter how small, if you think you might have something, just say something. Yeah, so that one's really wild and like... I don't know, I'm I'm really invested in it, especially just all the... All it's the, very active and current and mm-hmm. just relevant. And, it's yeah. insane to me that somebody can just vanish. Like, I'm just... This is how I felt when I was researching the Kelsey Schelling case, and I still feel this way about that case to this day. Like, how the <laughs> shit does somebody just vanish? It's terrifying. Like, they're just sucked up in a vacuum. Correct. And disappear. They're just gone, how and there's nothing. the hell? Yeah. No, I agree. It's I don't get fucked it. up. So... 
We're not going to talk too much about that one. I don't want to... I don't really want to chit-chat about... We don't want to speculate no. or anything about active cases either, like you said at the beginning. I don't want to damage an investigation or I don't ever want it to feel like it's coming across like I'm being insensitive. You know what I mean? Like, I care so much yeah. about every case that we cover, so we'll leave it at that. Um, if you have any information, please just call, like... Just, just do it. Somebody's life is at stake. Mm-hmm. So the next case that we're going to talk about today is equally as unsolved, equally as important, equally as how does somebody just vanish. Um, we're talking about the disappearance of Naomi Onatera. I don't have nearly as much information on this case because uh, there's just not as much social media activity and things like that. Um, but if you do follow us on TikTok, I did a two-part video regarding this case. She's still missing. We want to keep the word out and keep her case active. Um, there has been a lot of online speculation regarding the case. And I want to remind everyone that if you have legitimate information regarding any, I was going to say her case, but any case, um, please call authorities and don't post your theories online. Like Reddit isn't the place for you to be doing that. If you actually have information for an investigation, just call the authorities and keep it off the internet because you know, sometimes it's it be looked into the right way. And sometimes that can <laughs> do just... more harm than good. Like we are a true okay. crime podcast. It's not lost on me that I sit here once a week and talk about somebody else's true crime case um, for an hour every week. But we have to still be mindful about our our place in these stories and like what can come of telling them and how you talk about them. So anyway, that's all I wanted to say. Naomi Onatera is a 40-year-old woman from Langley, British Columbia. She is a mother to an 18-month-old daughter, and she is a teacher librarian at Surrey Catsey Elementary School. Her sister Kristen said in an interview with news outlets that Naomi was really looking forward to going back to work as her maternity leave was coming to an end. Naomi was supposed to meet a friend for brunch on August 29, 2021, but she never showed up. Her friend reached out to her mother, who said that she had not spoken to her all day either. Her mother reported uh, her missing that same afternoon. When police were piecing together her last known movements, they learned that Naomi was actually allegedly last seen leaving her home the night before on August 28, 2021, by her husband, Reginald. So this would have been a Saturday night, and Naomi was said to have left for a walk with no cell phone, purse, or wallet. She also left on foot. With an 18-month-old baby. That's no. not bullshit. Yeah, she didn't She didn't have her cell phone, her purse, or her wallet. And she apparently left, like, on at night. Which, I know that it's still kind of light out at the end of August, but... Like, but I, I just mean, like, if she just left by herself, I don't believe that she would leave without her phone if someone was at home with her new baby. Right. Yeah, it would have been I her husband at home with her baby. Reggie. <laughs> Reggie. She Give also... Give the rest of the details. I need them. She, uh... Well, the interesting thing is we don't have a lot of details. Like, I can get some stuff no. from Reddit, but again, I don't want to talk about too much information that's not actually confirmed. Yes. Um, so she left on foot. She didn't take her vehicle. She was known to go on long hikes in that area, but it's still interesting to me that it was her mother who reported her missing the next day... Because her friend 
was like she didn't show up and not her like who Again, doesn't report very their, chris watts vibe who doesn't report their wife she didn't come home on a saturday night she was going for a walk she just didn't come home you didn't tell anyone it's weird That's yeah all I'm i agree it's, it's just weird. a very odd situation it's, it's just weird Langley RCMP issued a missing persons alert for Naomi on August 30th, 2021. They released a statement asking the public to review any video surveillance footage or dash cam footage they may have of the area around her residence in Langley. The residents were asked to download or share with police any footage they might have of the area near her home from August 28th, 2021 at 6 p.m., to August 29th, 2021 at 7 p.m. So that's kind of like the window of time for that video that they were looking for. Okay. At the time she left her home, she was said to be wearing black stretchy flared pants, a black t-shirt, and a white jacket. Some lemon grooves. I was going to say, like those classic Lulu pants we all wore 10 years ago. They were grooves. Black t-shirt, white jacket. Good girl. I will post a photo of the outfit that she was thought to be wearing when she disappeared. It is in that TikTok that I posted, but I'll post the photo like when I post this episode on Instagram. Question. Yes. Other than Reggie, what is the last known sighting? And I'm sure you're going to get to this. Other than the photos we know you you have, the still frames. Like, do what? I don't know. Before the 28th, 29th, do we know if like, it was a day or two days or three days before anyone had seen her last? So, I don't know. But I'm going to go on a whim and guess that it was August 25th. And you're going to find out why okay. I'm going on that whim. I have no idea, though. Like, okay. factually, I don't know. Whim me. Her case was turned over to the RCMP Serious Crimes Unit by September 1st, 2021. And the RCMP made a statement that they were actively investigating the case. And this is when they asked the public to closely study a photo of her vehicle. They release a photo of Naomi's white 2018 Subaru Crosstrek, and they're hoping to establish a timeline of her movements prior to her disappearance. The police ask the public to study the photo of her vehicle, which has a Greater Vancouver Zoo sticker in the front passenger side window, and they ask anyone to report if they saw her or her vehicle between August 25th and August 29th. So even though she was allegedly, and I keep saying allegedly because like it's her husband's word against the universe. Do you know what I mean? Like that he saw her. Well, that's why I keep saying I'm getting vibes of this because we don't know anything, but there's a lot of similarities to cases we've heard before. And I think that's how we always have that snap reaction to the husband did it. And that's what we're trying to be mindful of is we don't know if he's involved in any way, shape or form. And we're not saying that. So, but yeah, it does seem odd that there are a lot of similarities to things that we've heard or seen before, regardless of the relationship dynamic. Yeah, exactly. So like that's when we're told that she was last seen. And I just say allegedly because there's no other person to corroborate this at all. It's approximate, but yeah. Even though she was allegedly last seen on August 28th, the police said that they were hoping to establish a timeline of her movements prior to disappearing. So it sounds like they don't know when she was last seen either, in my opinion. I agree. It sounds like they're trying to get this footage so that they can We're tired get tonight. an idea. <laughs> oh my goodness. I've been up since like five. 
Yeah, no, for sure. It's how, it, it To me, it's, I mean, they say they're trying to piece together a timeline of her movements before she was said to have disappeared. So they have no... They just need something to start with. Yeah, yeah. they have nothing, yeah. it seems like. So September 13th, 2021, which is two weeks after she was said to have been last seen, Naomi's home in Langley was seen surrounded by police cruisers and taped off with crime scene tape. Uh, I've posted these photos. You might have seen them. I will post them again. Her home is situated on the corner of 200th Street and 50th Avenue in Langley. Langley RCMP members were seen going in and out of the home. Along with the tape, officers also blocked off a road that was right near her home. The Integrated Homicide Investigative Team, or IHIT as they are commonly known, arrived on scene the next day on September 14th. Um, when their search began, IHIT cautioned, uh, they released a statement saying the presence of officers, security, and crime scene tape is not an indication of criminality of anyone living in the residence. They further said that the- Okay, so they're saying they could be looking for, like, tire tracks if someone took her and her vehicle, regardless, like, no one, nothing to do with her family. They could just be looking stuff surrounding the property. They're basically saying, stop speculating that it was the husband. Us being here yeah. isn't saying that he did it. We just have, we, we have to search this home. Totally. And I, that's why I even had to correct myself and say, I'm getting these vibes, mm-hmm. but we know nothing at yeah. this point. Yeah. And I don't want to hurt anyone's reputation by saying they did or didn't do anything. Exactly. Things like this, as we've seen with wrongful conviction cases and things, can, like, really damage someone's life. And again, we don't know anything. We're not saying anything for or against, just that we're trying to be as neutral as possible. I really just want to lay out facts and get these cases out in the public because we have a platform to do so. I feel, too, like Naomi's case was kind of at, like, the tail of when we had just started to hear a little bit less about Trina Hunt as well. So I think we were all on kind of pins and needles of that and just what was going on. And we were all hypersensitive and vigilant at that point. So, yeah, I think it was just hard to not speculate what happened because we were worried that more things were happening in our area. And it was getting alarming. Yeah, it's getting crazy to me how many women are going missing in this province. And I I know that it happens everywhere. It just seems to be really, like, amped up here lately. And I don't like it. I agree. Agreed. Okay. So, yeah, they say, like, the presence um, is not an indication of criminality of anyone living in the residence. And they also said that the tape and presence of so many officers was to ensure the preservation of any relevant evidence. The Integrated Forensic Identification Services team was also seen at the home, and this is the team that delivers specialized services to crime scene investigations such as bloodstain pattern analysis, disaster victim identification. Yes. It's real life CSI. (laughs) Yeah. Chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear, and explosive response crime scene investigation. Yeah, so it's literally amazing. How cool! Yeah, that is a coolest job. It is a team with the RCMP, though. Like, there, these are all branches of our police. Yeah, Naomi's home was taped off for ten days while officers conducted their search. The police were seen focusing their efforts on the yard, cutting back forested brush, and digging up certain areas. One officer was seen climbing oh. a ladder. Yeah, climbing a ladder mounted on a large tree in the yard, and yeah, they were. Spend a lot of time outside. It doesn't seem like stuff you do for no reason. Yes. Now, the the weirder part is going to come in a moment. 
Yeah, okay. Her, yeah, I thought that might be the case. Well, it's only weird in that the so the search of her home wrapped up on Friday to September 24th, and since then there has been not a single word from police on this case. So they found something on the property, I think. That's, that's what, my gut feeling. That's what people online think as well, that they, I mean, I again, I don't know. But yeah, September 24th was two months ago. And we heard pretty regular updates on this case from when she went missing to that date. That's like when the search of their home was wrapped up. And it's been literal radio silence. So fucked up. Yeah. Local Locals in the area where Naomi lives find it really odd that there's been no update since police ended the search of her home, which fair, they're concerned Same. for their safety. Like one woman said that she stopped walking the trails yeah. in the area because it was thought that that's where Naomi was heading. The well, link- yeah, we don't know if this is an isolated incident or if we should be extra aware of our surroundings and be vigilant to a certain person or type of person or mm-hmm. area or attack that might occur. Yeah. I agree. And again, the police are protecting their investigation. If they're not releasing any information, it means it's for a reason. They don't, you know, they're not just oh, making course. rash decisions. But I do understand why you might feel unsafe living in that area. Mm-hmm. One woman said that she stopped walking in the trails um, in the area. Oh, I already said that. That's so sad, though, that women are actually avoiding their regular routines and things they enjoy. Yeah. We'll carry on. The Langley Advance Times news outlet contacted IHIT for an update in late October, and IHIT confirmed that the investigation is still active and ongoing, but said that no further updates were available at the time. Sergeant David Lee of Media Relations with IHIT said that they are concerned that members of the community feel their safety is at risk as public safety is one of their top priorities. He went on to say that if anyone has concerns about any area in Langley, they should reach out to Langley RCMP as their officers have specific knowledge, a local crime prevention plan, and other resources for public access. I want to reach out and know what these other resources are. <laughs> and he wants to be as safe as humanly possible. Yes, I do. But I don't also, live anywhere near Langley, but... It's whatever. interesting to me that they didn't say, like... No, public safety is not a risk. Yeah, they're not specifying that. They're just saying, like, if you're concerned, call the RCMP and let them know and they'll tell you if it's safe or not. I mean, that makes me err on the side of caution saying that it's safe. Right. And they're just going to give people the consolation on a need-to-know basis. Either way, if you're going out and walking trails by yourself, you should, like, bring things that will protect you. But any, in any True. situation, regardless of if it's safe in your area or not. Yeah. And Olivia and I can speak to this. I have the Life360 app. So if I ever get, like, kidnapped, my phone is, like, minute by minute updating where I am. I know it seems crazy, but I want to feel that safety that someone can always find me if something goes wrong. Okay, I don't have So that. that's important to me. And you you actually have to invite people to be able to use it with you. So it's mm. meant for, like, parents and kids and stuff like that. So I when I was doing a lot of driving back and forth over our Malahat, I had it specifically just because and case I got kidnapped ever well self-defense tools yeah Holly Holly is a spokesperson for Langley RCMP and she said that local detachment doesn't have any immediate concerns for public safety in that area where Naomi's home is but the police did reiterate that as always always let people know where you're going have a means of communicating with loved ones 
wear adequate safety gear, such as lighting or a whistle, like do it anyways. Dress appropriately. Even if you think that you're safe. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the husband for just like a hot minute. I was unable to find much. Yeah, I wasn't able to find much at all on him, but I did find one source that said Naomi and her husband met online. Um, He claims to have no social media accounts, and it's also alleged there was no photos allowed to be taken of him at their wedding. Weird. Okay, isn't that like the one day you normally take photos? Yeah. If any? I don't know. He claims that she left to go for... Ridge, we gotta talk. Yeah, like... Some people were saying maybe he's in the country illegally, but again, like, that's just speculation, no facts, so I don't even know if I should be saying that, but again, he claims that she left to go for a walk and never come back, but of course we know it was her mother who reported her missing to police the next day after she didn't show up to brunch with a friend, so I don't, again, I don't even want to... sounds like... This reminds me of, and again, yes, in this case, the husband ended up being the culprit, but I'm not saying that. Mm. But this sounds a lot like the case I did about Nancy. Right. And I don't want to say the last name because I honestly don't remember her maiden name and I don't want to use his last name. But he said, oh, she went out for a run and she never came home and blah, blah, blah. And it was... And then he just wasn't worried. And yeah, other people had to report her missing. And it was just this whole weird scenario. Mm-hmm. So I got questions. Yeah. Again, like, and I'll, they're not. I'll leave it there. I mean, it's it's all conjecture. Everybody is innocent until proven guilty. I mean, she hasn't even been found. So it would be irresponsible for us to continue talking about uh, you know, her husband and what, Who or what may have happened. could have been going on there. Um, but her husband has not spoken publicly. A neighbor who has spoken to him since the disappearance told CTV news that he was upset and crying. So, yeah. sorry. So the last thing I'll say about this case, we're pretty much done because again, I just don't have a ton of information on this one besides just her disappearance and the search that took place. The factual. But the family of Trina Hunt, which, of course, we know is a local case that we covered back in May, and it's still considered unsolved, has provided a ton of support. Her family's provided a ton of support for Naomi and her family. Trina's cousin Stephanie created a Facebook group to help volunteers organize and communicate about their searches. Um, They've really come together to provide support for finding Naomi. Naomi's family and friends are absolutely devastated at her sudden disappearance. Colleagues of hers at the school she works at said that her absence left an air of sadness at the school after classes resumed. A candlelight vigil was held in her honor and family, friends, and neighbors have left flowers and like other memoriam on a concrete step near her home in um, memory of Naomi or, you know, just in support of bringing her home. Everyone is super hopeful that we will be able to find Naomi. If you have any information at all regarding the disappearance of Naomi Onatera, you are asked to call the Langley RCMP tip line at 1-604-532-3398. And if the information requires an immediate response, please call the uh, the non-emergency line at 1-604-532-3200. And that is it for me today. That is the missing person cases of Shannon Doe White and Naomi Onatera. I think that was very well done. And hopefully we can just 
brings some attention and awareness to this. And if it puts a light bulb in someone's head that they saw something, again, no matter how small, call, report it. Could be nothing, but why not tell them and let the professionals decide if it's important? Yeah, I, I really just wanted to do exactly that. Bring awareness to these two cases. Mm-hmm. Keep them in the you know, forefront of the people's minds. Yeah, let's get some information. Yeah. I mean, we've, as an internet community, we've helped solve cases before. Why can't we do let's it again? Sluice. I mean, <laughs> if we're going to be here and we're going to talk about true crime, let's do it in a meaningful way. Um, I think both of us are passionate and trying to be better every day with how we like present our cases and the purpose of us being here and just know that we do really care a lot about what we talk about we do but that's it for me thanks adios i'll call you soon okay (gasps) okay bye bye Bye. how do i stop this shit i'll stop it (laughs) okay